You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 85, a g g g g g ghost Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that's the show that just rips out the back of your pants. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Raven Perez. And I'm Zach Hawkins. Whoa, Zach Hawkins. I remember you. Boy! (laughs) Fucking British Invasion is 1815. Yeah. Uh, Our friend Zach has decided to join us while Craig is in parts unknown. Africa. Uh, Yeah. We we know. (laughs) We know. They don't need to know. But yes, Craig... Craig is uh, the, the, the down in Africa. Mm-hmm. Something, something rains. You know... Preaching the word of our Lord and Savior. Pretty weird that Craig goes to Africa, and then suddenly the rainforests start burning. It's two different continents. You're ruining the gag, Purcell. Am I? I or am I? Saying, I believe I'm enhancing the gag. Uh, well, at any rate... He's got a hell of a swing. I'm ready to gag. Let's get it rolling. All right. Unfortunately, one of the uh, one of the casualties of Craig's little trip was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was a convention, a comic book convention, in my neck of the woods, mm-hmm. which I invited both Raven and Craig to come, and we were all going to get together. Big yep. uh, Fincast threesome for the first mm-hmm. time ever. Yep. Unfortunately, Craig had to cancel. He uh, had other plans come up last minute, but Raven made the trek. All right. eight and a half, nine hours of the tr- of the drive, easy peasy lemon squeezy, and he did it on his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we went uh, to the convention on Friday, and for a couple hours on Saturday. Unfortunately, my fat ass couldn't handle two days in a row. It was his legs. Really. My legs died. <laughs> I wore the wrong shoes on Friday. Dead but, man uh, walking. But Terrificon is a great con. It may even mm-hmm. be, may I say, terrific. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of comic content, it is very much a comic convention. There were many long boxes sort of uh, dug through. Several comic creators met. Think of it like Heroes. If you've been to Heroes in the Carolinas, then you know what to expect from Terrificon. And again, that's a beautiful, rare thing, because so many of these conventions in America are finger quote pop culture cons because they all want to be the san diego comic con mm-hmm. so they just fill their fucking stuff with like tv and you know, wrestlers and washed up celebrities i and didn't see all. one single wrestler and i'll be honest i was disappointed i mean you know what i love wrestling and i love wrestlers but keep your goddamn ass out the comic con motherfucker <laughs> our biggest star was val kilmer uh there was i mean i think billy d williams would disagree with you but sure Val Kilmer was there, looking like it's late stage Val Kilmer. If you're listening, audience, not not the Val Kilmer dreamy dreamboat Batman of your dreams. Top top gun. Yeah, yeah, not that Val Kilmer. 
We're thinking more like, you know, Fat Val. Val, kill me. I will say, sadly, we did fail in our one actual mission, and that we did not meet Dave Johnson. Which, I mean, uh, every time we went to his desk, he was on break or uh, somewhere else. <laughs> I tried. Uh, I had a we lovely tried. chat. I had a lovely chat with the lady that was working his booth while he was gone. You know, she was a sweetheart from hell. And I have that art book, and it's fucking ravishing. But I think, you know, Jim, I would say that it was a smashing success. Because anytime you get to bring up Dart to Colleen Duran, that's a win. Yep. She remembered the character. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we were talking about the one pinup she did. She did a big mm-hmm. a poster pinup, and I went doing some research. Apparently that, that poster is actually in Dart number one, mm-hmm. uh, which means I don't have it, which means I want it. Um, but the big the big gets uh, for the weekend were I got a pretty much complete Savage Dragon run up to issue like uh, 35 or 40, mm-hmm. which uh, I need for the retro reviews now that I am doing them. But mm-hmm. I, in general, I just kind of want to fill in my Savage Dragon run in physical copies now just to have. Yeah. Which is weird, but I'll be honest. The the the, the only reason I really want them is because the digital fi- the digital files of the digital versions are actually quite inferior uh, to print. So in this particular case, they're worth having. Yeah. Plus, uh, I doubt your digital files have all of the supplementary material. Well, that's true. They are. Uh, you know what? They get they have backups and letter pages. I think. Oh well, that's everything. Yeah. Right. I, do but they have but house I ads? but I knew no they don't have house ads that's see, see I need house ads and I need pinups they don't have pinups yeah those house ads are ooh they're clutch because uh, as we go on with the retro reviews the pinups and 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 uh, and house ads are going to be like quote unquote super important to me it's part of the time capsule the, the yeah. journey I, I didn't say. I didn't do too awful much like I got like a bunch of black and white turtles issues for like a dollar those were cool to find if you if you <laughs> if I had found them first I probably would have grabbed them but uh, you seem really excited when you got your hands on them like, what oh. like some um, some proper Eastman issues no no the um, image series ah the Fosco ones right yes yeah I got those Which for are, like a, a buck each you got I think you got them in the 50 cent bin um, I made a dollar, or maybe those were a dollar each. But still, those issues are getting really stupid hard to find. They're worth more than a dollar. Yeah, and it was great because, like, I was like, Jim, Jim, oh my God, Jim, look, like I had to be cool, you know, because that con was a be con cool. of chaos, dude. Like the thing is, is like, you know, you could pull out a Gen thirteen number one in this guy's thing, and it was one dollar. And then you would go like two rows down, and there was a guy trying to get thirty dollars for that. That was the thing. I found three copies of Gen Thirteen Number One Original Miniseries. The first guy, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm I'm currently collecting Gen Thirteen on the side. I don't know why. It's good. Who cares? But I found I found Number One in a bin. The the very first bin I dug through, and the guy wanted like like ten bucks for it. I think was the sticker price. (laughs) So I, I I gently tapped that back into the box. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we did find a like thirty or forty dollar listed one, which I mm-hmm. think no, we found a thirty forty dollar one, just plain decent mm-hmm. shape copy. Yep. Then I saw a two hundred dollar signed yep. by create by a writer and artist. Yep. And then I found another copy for a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy. And that was that whole. I con. think. I think the most difficult issue of Gen 13 to come across these days was the uh, the Max crossover one shot. Like that's impossible to find anymore. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, one. I I was trying to find it because back 
um, a few years ago when IDW were reprinting um, Keith's The Max. I wanted yep. to basically just round out the collection. Was um, that the one thing they couldn't reprint? Uh, yeah, because I think... I, I don't know why they could... DC, well, well, DC first, owns it, but they work with IDW sometimes. So Yeah, but the thing is, um, obviously I don't think Keith illustrated that one, so I don't think they thought it pertinent, but it was kind that of like... That makes sense. I want it. <laughs> but like um I saw two copies being advertised for like two hundred quid online and I was like, no. <laughs> Ooh. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. No, it was fun. I don't get to dig through uh bargain bins as much as I like it, and Trivicon just had so many. So many. It's I spent great coin. way more money this year than I did last year. Way more than I should have. You know the problem, this motherfucker right here talking. Cause like when I'm next to you and Jim's like, Ooh, I'm like, dude, look. Get it, just get it, just get it, Jim. <laughs> Jim, look what I found, Jim. Ooh, I also got. I also finished getting my complete run of first comics, E Man, which was a yeah. big deal because I got found, signed. Oh yeah, and I got I got the I got issue number one signed by Joe Staten because he was there too. Savage uh, Dragon fans will know E Man as the guy with the big E on his <laughs> chest that was at Savage Dragon's it wedding. Says E equals MC Square on his chest. Yep. Yeah, orange yeah. and white. He's a he's a fun. He's, he's, e Man is kind of like a. It is arguably the first "quote unquote" independent comic uh, because of just how it, it started at Charlton, but then when Charlton folded, Staten kept the rights and then kept self-publishing it for a while. And so, I think a lot of people consider him like the grandfather of like independent comics. Um, but anyway, um, what was I saying? What was I even saying? E-Man's kind of like a also like one of those first like. Um, subversive, satirical superhero comics. A bit like Megaton Man, basically. Well, even earlier than that, but yeah, because mm. E-Man's out of the 70s, where like Megaton oh, Man <laughs> is like late, early 80s at best, I think. I don't know. I don't have my Wikipedia open. I do know. I will say, fucking Megaton Man represent. There were so goddamn many Savage Dragon versus Megaton Man issues. Yes, I also like, saw many, many copies. They were everywhere. I was like, they must have printed a million billion copies of Savage Dragon versus Megaton Man. It was everywhere, dude. Yeah, couldn't could not avoid it. Yeah, first yeah. appearance of She Dragon in twenty years. It's going to be worth three hundred dollars. It was bad, dude. Uh, so happen. we had a very we had a very Savage Dragony type convention experience. It, it definitely was, a blast. was themed yeah. Savage Dragon. Because we're just looking around and talking to cats and stuff, and you know that's what was the bummer about Dave Johnson. We were going to get him to be like, "So, Dave, remember Super Patriot? Yeah, tell, like, us, <laughs> tell us about Red Sun." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it was good, dude. It was a super blast. I wish Craig was there. Uh, yeah, me and Jim got matching crayon drawn portraits to make Craig jealous. So, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and. Uh, we now have inside jokes that we're going to laugh about. Like, I'll just say, hey, Jim, remember that Super 8? <laughs> that was a fucking Super 8, yes. Yeah, I, I, so. I felt like I was going to die in there. You probably, yeah. If you went in the wrong hallway, maybe. <laughs> someone someone hotboxed your fucking hallway. It was ridiculous. Yeah, dude. It was 420 in that hallway. <laughs> Yeeks. All day, <laughs> four twenty, twenty four seven. So but, I don't, I don't go to conventions enough, but I thought it was a good one. It was a good one. As someone who has, you know, used to go to them, like pretty good. Like it was, it's 
you have a very good uh everybody that would if you get a chance if you're in that area like the mohegan sun casino in connecticut uh you will fucking have a really good time it's very reminiscent of heroes which heroes is highly regarded uh i think that if that convention of yours terrificon stays the way it is Mm -hmm. if it doesn't fall like because well i'll tell you from last year it was pretty much identical just more there's way more creators this year I will say that, like I said, the only thing that that con had that Heroes doesn't was it had the presence of celebrities at all. Like, Hero Con doesn't have celebrities at all. Oh, really? Like, like, yeah, it's just fucking comics. Like, just straight comics. Artists, creators. Like, so, I think that what's cool is how, like, the highest compliment I can pay a a convention is that it was like HeroCon, because HeroCon is just like everything you want from a comic convention. So as long as the celebrity like uh, celebrity presence doesn't grow, as yep. long as they keep it on retailers and mm-hmm. back-issue bins and artists, dude, Terrificon is like a second HeroCon. Like, it's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. And you could just walk right out, like Jay Lee, just sitting there, just drawing. Oh, yeah. You Jay just walk Lee was right there. Out. Jerry Ordway was there, uh, but just a bunch of people. Super accessible. Like I'm just saying, like Colleen, like we just walked up to her. Yep. Hey, she Colleen. was there. She is probably the coolest person I've ever met. Hey, motherfucker, you met yeah. me that weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I said it. Oh, I didn't God. stutter. Drove so far, <laughs> bastard. Riding the but, balls. Man, what a dick. But, uh, yeah, she's cool. She's cool as a cucumber. And, uh, dude, I don't know. It's just, it was a good convention. It was a good weekend. And, uh, many Savage Dragon novel. issues. It's mm. good thing you bought that new graphic novel of hers because apparently it's selling the fuck out. Yeah, dude. She apparently brought, like, a shit ton to sell the con and she sold out, like, halfway through day two. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's good. And it's, it's great to hear. Like, I, I'm saying, I love to hear. Like, all the creators were doing good. Like, everyone we walked by, like, looked pretty happy and pretty, like, you know. Not that one girl. She looked like she wanted to blow her brains out. But all everyone else was fucking happy. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, man. Just a killer con. It was a good convention. Thank you for inviting me, dude. Ain't no problem. I, uh, next year, I'm probably only going to do one day because now I know my limits. Unless I no. like, get super fucking ripped or something. You just get next- better shoes. That's all you need. You just gotta get better shoes and take breaks like we were pretty merciless on friday yeah like dude we were digging through those goddamn boxes like there was no tomorrow but i gotta say saturday had like four times the number of people who were there on friday and i honestly was feeling a bit overwhelmed anyway Mm -hmm. it was friday saturday just wasn't as fun as friday just because there just wasn't as much elbow room that's always a mood killer yeah yeah, i I guess whatever (laughs) I like see for me part of the fun is the uh, weirdos like in costumes yeah and like Friday just lacked the cosplay right yeah Saturday definitely had the the costume business yeah cosplay was like out of fucking control Zach's a cosplayer so I'm just saying like (laughs) you want to have like to me you just want to be walking around just see cool people like that's the thing like they become like the crowd becomes part of the experience 
And so, like, fr- Saturday, Friday was fun because there was, like, nobody to bother us. Like, we were just digging around back issue bins and zipping around, like, talking, like, getting around real easy. Saturday, dude, it was, like, that was the spectacle. Like, cool costumes everywhere. That was the thick of it. Yeah. B.O. was out of control. <laughs> Not one can of axe between them. Random fart smells. No, <laughs> So. What do you mean, random? <laughs> yeah, I know. I planted those by, strategically by placed. <laughs> so it was good. It was good. It was fun. I All suppose. Right. I suppose it's time to get to the news. Hey, time to do what little news we've got. I mean, it's crazy. It's been like two months since Savage Dragon came out, mm-hmm. and the news is minimal. It's uh, been radio silence for a lot. Like you know, the just head down working. It's just yeah. Um, Eric it's is drought season. Working a lot, pretty hard, uh, pretty intensely on a bunch of Marvel, uh, Marvel, Marvel comics projects, uh, yeah. ha- having to do with the 80th anniversary of Marvel. Like, yeah, he's got a, like a, there's like a Spider-Man anniversary issue coming out. He's got a part in that he announced uh, a while back. He lines it out for you in the letters columns. He had to do a page in Marvel Comics 1000. One page, and- yep. And then now he's doing apparently the one shot Spider-Man going big. Okay. And then there's the news item that we're about to talk about. So, like, he's got, like, you know, quite a bit going on outside of Savage Dragon this year. So, and it must have just been dropped in his lap, dude. Well, because it, it, it's the 80th anniversary thing. It just kind of opens up a bunch of... Marvel's going to want a bunch of retro guys. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity just becomes available. Right. Still, though, I mean, it's like you got to People think, who encapsulate like, an era. You, you got to think, like, they fucking knew when their 80th anniversary was. Like, they could have been rounding up this shit. You like, know what they sooner. didn't actually know and they lucked into? I found this, this is way off topic, but I find fascinating. Do you uh-huh. remember, do you remember 2099? Like, the, yeah. the, the, uh, the, the kind of, uh, subline of, of future-based Marvel comics? Uh-huh. Did you know that this year, the 80th anniversary of Marvel comics, 2099 is exactly 80 years in the future. Weird, I, right? I have no... I I highly doubt that was ever intended. <laughs> but that's crazy how that kind of dovetails together. Because now they're doing a bunch of 2099, like, revival stuff. Just mm-hmm. because it fits in with the 80th anniversary thing. <laughs> There's no Sin, sin Synergy. It. Yeah. <laughs> Stan, all Stan planned it. In, in 80 years. <laughs> but 80 yes, years, Eric, <laughs> Eric has mentioned, uh, well, he's mentioned two cryptic things. Uh, the one cryptic thing is he's, he's, uh, he's, un, he's not, he said basically kind of paraphrasing here, he's not used to having projects he can't talk about mm-hmm. uh, because he's got, he's got a bunch of stuff for Marvel that they haven't announced yet. Right. Um, and, but he did mention that one of the things he's working on is, and I'm paraphrasing again because I don't have the tweet in front of me, it's, it involves a character whose title he has not previously worked on. Right. Which is kind of weirdly phrased, uh, mostly in Big the sense... Big wheel. Yeah, mostly in the sense of uh, it's kind of easy to figure out who it's not. It's not Spider-Man, it's not Thor, it's not Wolverine, it's not... Hulk. Apparently it's not Hulk because apparently he did, he did like a fill-in issue on Hulk once. Mm-hmm. Um. What else? It ain't Nova. It's not Nova. Um. But then what? Do, but does like does World Comics, the world's greatest comic magazine, count as Fantastic Four? Does Defenders count as Doctor Strange and Silver Surfer? Eh. You know, it's, it's, it's still it's a bit cryptic. 
it still could no, basically it's... mean does 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 a uh, Marvel comic presents mean no Human Torch, no no uh, Wolverine, what what uh, or or what have you? I don't know. So, I tell you what we do with this news item. I want to hear everybody's first speculation on what is most likely, and then second your wish list, like what you wish it was. So. With that in mind, you're giving two responses here. You're giving who you most likely think it is, and then the second one, you're saying who you wish it was. Like, let's never mind the realisticness of it. Like, who do you wish Eric was working on? Okay. So, take it away, Jim, Zach, whoever. All right. I think it's Captain America. What? <laughs> okay. And I wish... Oh, who do I wish it was? I wish... No, it's not that. I wish... Back it up. Hold on. We'll break this down real quick. Why Captain America, do you think? I just It's just a character he is... I don't, I don't think he's worked on before. And okay. I, I think he could do something with, like, uniquely Eric. Okay. Because he's got Super Patriot. He's done Patriotic Heroes before, but mm-hmm. he's never done Captain America. Okay. All right. Well, shit. Well, all right. Your second part. So, I'm, try, I'm wish, trying to think of my wish, wish it was. I, I guess I kind of wish it was top like, of your head a thing solo. Whoa, that would be great. <laughs> okay, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. I'd be into personally. That. Yeah, personally, I'm thinking it's going to be probably something to do with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Huh. Explain. Mostly because Larson is kind of the guy these days who most embodies the whole Steve Ditko, Kirby aesthetic. Like, he is those two guys down to the ground, and just the whole Doctor Strange aesthetic, I think, really worked for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's necessarily likely, but I think, again, along with Captain America, it's one of the more likely options, and, like, my personal choice is just... Black Knight. I've got Black Knight on the Man, moment. that was actually my first actual thought, and I said, no. No. That, <laughs> it's it's no, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Go think. No one gives a shit about Black Knight. Man, Black Knight rules. I was going to say, educate me. I'm not a Marvel zombie. Who the fuck is Black Knight? No, he's, his, his name's Dane Whitmore. And he's going to go the, that into it. He's like, got a, give, he's got the ebony blade. Which give is me the a, back of the baseball card. Like he, you're, he, you're, he's, <laughs> he's literally a guy in knight's armor who fights crime. He's fucking British, son. <laughs> oh no, Dane, Dane's American. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dane's American and his New York, link, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, I think so. And he's and like his, everyone his, in Marvel. His link to England, though, is that his sword comes from you know medieval England. So mm-hmm. he's tied to the British uh, superhero scene. Um, okay. He's cool. And I, I, it, he cool. It, it's hard to... It, he's cool in the 90s because he's like the one character that mm-hmm. made the leather jacket look work. Because you put the, the knight helmet, his helmet on, and you put him in the jacket. And then you give mm-hmm. him a fucking lightsaber and some... Uh, five o'clock shadow, and he's basically the most badass character in Marvel in the Marvel universe. <laughs> what you described doesn't sound cool, though. <laughs> Man, I love the Black Knight, but there's no way Eric is drawing the Black Knight. Never. <laughs> Zach had the you know cojones to dream big, though, and you you had to dial your dream back. 
your dream, you dialed your dream back. You could have said, you could have dreamed. I told you to pick your dream pick. You could have picked Black Knight. I was initially going to say Death's Head, but he's got a mini series going on yep. at the moment, so it's 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 not likely. <laughs> so here's mine too. So what do I think is most likely? I tell you, if I'm at Marvel and I'm making the shots, you put Larson on a Spider Verse one shot. You have him draw Miles Morales, Gwen, you know, Spider Man Noir, Spider Ham, all those Spider characters. And this is the one you think it's going to be. That's I don't I think would, Eric gives a shit about any of those characters. I don't think he cares, but I'm telling you what I do if I'm Marvel. If we, if you're Marvel, Todd McFarlane is tied up with fucking Spawn, and you got Eric Larson right there. If I'm Marvel, I put Eric Larson in a Spider-Verse book, and that shit will sell like goddamn hotcakes. I, I feel like Marvel, Erica, Eric is picking his projects. He's doing not sp- the, Spider-Man's the favor. This you you know, the game, to. listen, the game wasn't, the game wasn't what Eric is doing. The game is what I think they're going to pick. Okay. Like, okay, the, remember enough. that, like, Marvel is also, they're not just going to say, hey, guy, you want to do anything you want? Like, I'm sure that probably is more appealing to him. But I'm saying, like, let's imagine that they want this to be something to get headlines, which is, I'm sure, what they want. You know, what to me gets headlines is you put Eric Larson on Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy, or Gwen fucking Spider-Gwen. Such a safe bet. Uh, Dude, well, that was part one. I'm going to tell you my part. What I wish, what I wish is that he, this is my wish, is that I wish that he was drawing, like, fucking something wacky, like Squirrel Girl. That's... Or something. Not a bad choice. Yeah, but, boy. Because that's just weird. And so if you have him growing a squirrel girl, obviously he has no interest in squirrel girl either. But I'm just saying, like, it's kind of cool, I the think. Great Lake Avengers. Or, or just any of those new, like, like to see him on something that's like kind of like, you know, one of the new characters. Like, how would Eric do the Awesome Hulk? You know what I mean? Like, and I think he's even said he thinks Awesome Hulk sucks. But, like, or maybe he didn't. I don't want to put words I'm in his mouth. I'm pretty sure it wasn't on his radar at the very least. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not much for legacy characters. He's all about the new. Well, Which is why I think putting him on Spider-Verse books is anti-Eric. Like, I, I like think the that's the last what, thing he'd ever want to do. That's what you do if you're Marvel, though. Like, Marvel, like, hey, put this dude that's known for Spider-Man on but, all but these spider Eric characters. going to Marvel to be, like, a regular guy. He's there to be a star. He's... Marvel probably said, what do you want to do? Yeah, that works. Or no, no, it doesn't work. You don't think having a, a legacy Spider-Man artist work on new Spider characters is not a big deal? No, I actually don't think it is a big deal. It totally is. I could see it working. It totally would be a big deal. It totally would. People would be like, oh my god, oh, Spider-Man, oh, I love Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. Everybody's like pissing their panties right now, hardcore. Spider-Man's like fucking... Well, Spider-Man is cool and it is hot, but... I'm just saying, so you put that classic Spider-Man artist on I just, Spider-Man I just don't think it is. I, don't, I just don't think it is a situation where Marvel's putting him on anything. Mm-hmm. Marvel is just giving him an opportunity to do what he'd like. So, However, right. briefly... Backing off all of this, then what the fuck do you think is his dream? What do you think he's pursuing? Because that's a whole other question. It's hard like, to say. Th- it's hard to say because he said he's been on record saying he could. I think he's he's basically said flatly that he doesn't care if he ever works in Marvel or DC again. So yeah, I know, and that's why this whole thing's yeah. flipping my goddamn wig because yeah. I'm just like, what the and fuck? He, and he said he'll never over? like he'll never draw for another writer again. He or he can't see himself doing it or needing to do it. 
doesn't like to do it for so, sure. Or doesn't like to do it. So whatever he does at Marvel is he's going to have or want a significant amount of like control uh-huh. just for a one shot or a short mini series or whatever it winds up being. God, I wish it was weird. I wish it was like ecstatics or just but, something bizarre. Well, some, well, stuff something like that is like Milgram's baby. You, you I know, but you, you don't want him to fuck around with somebody else's like, to, to, uh, you know, current day. Oh, pro- but Jim, I do. <laughs> I mean, oh, if but, you want to put on something weird, like have him do like Rocket Raccoon or like fucking <laughs> not weird enough anymore. That's pretty boring. Century. That was my other thing. I oh, like, I w- but yeah, even then, I don't know. I think he could do a good job. Like you know, you I mean, might I'm, say, I'm just trying to think. What is Eric interested in? Like the Doctor Strange choice. That's a good choice. That, that's I would, did he ever draw Hercules? Um, I just can't imagine him getting hyped for a Hercules book. <laughs> I mean, he does gods. He has his own Hercules. He cares enough about Hercules enough to have a Hercules. Yeah, but I mean, does he care about enough to like let Savage Dragon sit around for months while he goes draws Hercules? That's I just don't think any, I, I just don't think if, if they said, "Hey, draw draw all our spin-off Spider-Man characters," Eric would take a fucking walk. You know, I didn't shit on your choice this hard, but I'm yeah, but that's now I should he, have. he sees ten minutes of the towing Spider-Man have. show and he's like, hey, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> I should have. I will next time. I'll remember this. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember this. Don't, don't you worry. I'll remember. So anyway, there's many unknowns, many questions. We'll see in the passage of time. I mean, this stuff's going to get solicited in the next month or two anyway. Yeah. Just because this 80th anniversary train is going to keep rolling. And I assume you dudes are into buying. You're going to buy it, right? No. I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, probably. I mean, I, okay. I probably would not have bought it if I didn't need it for the podcast. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I was going to say, I thought you told Craig that you were going to get it because you were, like, into it. The Spider-Man one-shot? Uh, no. Going, I, I, going didn't, I, I didn't say that, no. Oh, but Craig's into it. Craig's, Craig's into, into it. it. Craig, okay, okay. Craig, Craig is the uh, spider, Spidey, Eric Larson Spider-Man fan. What about you, Hawkins? Are you going to buy Spider-Man going big? <laughs> Depends how many copies my comic book shop gets in. <laughs> I mean, I definitely ain't buying it Marvel 1000. Because for no. one page, No. But Spider-Man going big, if it was Eric written... It is. Then that's different. Because, see, the thing is, is, I thought his Marvel work was going to be with a writer. Mm. Well, Jerry Conway's name's on the book, but he's doing a separate section. It's like there's several stories in it. Oh, so it's not all Larson? Larson is writing and drawing his section. Uh, No, it's not all Larson. It's an anthology. Oh, it's an anthology. Right. well, I'm not interested. I thought it was going to be a whole issue... (laughs) I mean, if it was a whole probably, issue, probably eight or ten pages. I mean, it's a spider. It'll be a Spider-Man story. Not enough for me. Like, if I if I was gonna do it, it would have to be like an issue. Like, if it was an Eric written and drawn Spider-Man, then I'm there. Well, I'm telling you that it is written by Eric. Whole issue. I mean to say. Oh well, I, mean, I can't help you there. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're talking about a total of nine pages between two issues. I don't know. Two. No. What do you mean two issues? Spider-Man oh, oh, 1000 right. is one well, page. I don't know if it's eight pages or not. As far as I know, they could squeeze a, several 20-page comics in a single book. Charge $10 for it. I don't know. Mm. Uh, is it, has it already been solicited? What, going big? Yeah. I don't think so. No. But I'm just not into it unless it's a whole thing. Like I Again, I read like Eric's shit, not for the character. I read it because he's like writing and drawing it. 
And so, like, if he was writing and drawing Rocket Raccoon, okay, I'll fucking buy that. That's know. the way. <laughs> but yeah, Jerry Conway is writing the Mark Bagley story. That's what's happened in there. We there's saw a, Bagley too. There's a lot. Yeah, he was there, wasn't he? Yep. He waved and said, Savage Fancast, cool. And I said, shut up, Bagley. Shut up and keep drawing. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> We're not paying for promotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Silence, Bagley, you fool. No, um, cool, dude. All right. Well, what about this mystery project? Would like What would it take for you dudes to buy it? If it was a series, to be honest series you like not 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 not, not ongoing just uh, more than one issue i mean like if it's four. If, if it's one if it's a one shot i'll probably buy that basically if it's all eric i'll probably buy it but yeah, I, I, I i'd prefer it to be like a four issue mini series or something like something, for me it's, something it's substantial yeah it's just got to be like at least a one shot's worth like i don't want to buy part of an anthology just cuz he's got a few pages in there right. like it have to be at least a one shot and it'd have to be all Eric. Like, writing, art, the whole shebang. Then I'll buy that. What about you, Zach? What would it take for you to yeah, buy? Yeah, no, I'm in the same... I'm in the same camp. It'd have to be writing and illustrating for me to go, yeah, that's worth my time. Like, I... I because I'm so deep in, like, the anthology circle, I'm fine with an anthology. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, it would have to be multiple issues. As Jim says, it would have to be, like, at least four issues worth of an anthology for me to go. Yeah, that's all good. Mm. All right. Delicious. All right, well, uh, there's no more news, believe it or not. That's fucking it. So, we went months and months yeah, and months. That's the barren season. We're dying, dude. Like, spawns to issue 300, and we're just... Dying. How? There's cakes cakes with chains out there, and we're dying for Savage Dragon anything. So, yeah, we're good, though. I guess we got some emails, right? Yes, we actually got some emails. Some of you you put in the effort. Hey, listen, we appreciate it. Gosh darn it. Thank you. I I crave it. Uh, Let me, let me, I'll take number one. Here we Go, go. Go. Here we go. Thank you guys for keeping this podcast going. Definitely one of my top podcasts. Entertaining as hell. My first impression of Savage Dragon in 92, age 16-ish, was that it felt like a cross between Sin City and Spider-Man. I was a Larson fan on Spider-Man when he took the torch from McFarlane those couple of times. I thought Eric's art was gritty, dynamic, and his facial expressions were a bit cartoony. He definitely fueled my enthusiasm for comics when comics started feeling a bit glam. Jason Gibson. Thank you, Thank Jason. You, Jason. Appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's a fair... Yeah, a fair a, assessment. The, car, the, fair the expressive assessment. faces has always been appealed to me. I think that... Oh, yeah. Like, you kind of hit on that, like, gritty, dynamic, but cartoony. It's like, yeah, that's it. That's Savage Dragon in a nutshell. Like, it's, you know, people can get murdered, but also, you know... Happy you, Go Sunshine. <laughs> You're going to get punched and stars are going to fly out of the punch, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Thank you for that. And our uh, second email goes, Dudes, just wanted to say how excited I am you guys are doing the retro podcast. I just started reading Dragon maybe a month ago and found your podcast about the same time. I got caught up on the most recent 25 issues and I really enjoyed listening to your older episodes after I would finish a comic. 
I recently picked up the first Savage Dragon archive in an attempt to work my way through the series beginnings. Uh, I got about halfway through before the first retro episode dropped, and I just finished listening to it. I really enjoyed it, especially the parts about older comic book color separation and lettering. I love learn. <coughs> I love learning about that sort of inside baseball stuff. I hope you guys keep up keep this retro retro cast going for a while, and I guess I better pick up the rest of the phone books for my new favorite series, Philip K. Yes. Nice. Yes. It's always good to get someone not new on board. Welcome any, on. Any any way we can help. Yes, dude. And can I just say, like, Phil, like, I, for a long time, was just a listener before I, like, you know, got on the FinCast. And, again, I'll never lose that frame of reference. Like, it is a f- treat to have, like, just that extra supplement. Like, you read the issue, and you're like, oh, man, yeah, that was good. And then you, like, just boot up the FinCast, and you just take it in. And if you like that, if you like to supplement your reading uh, of Savage Dragon with the FinCast, don't forget that uh, Russ Burlingame does comicbook.com interviews with Eric every issue. Uh, so every single issue, you can get a little insider baseball uh, from that interview. Like Eric and Russ have a little chat about the issue and, like, you know, decision making and things like that. So, yeah, like. Big, big, uh, big ups! Welcome, welcome to the family. They've got a really good chemistry in those interviews as well. So that's that's just lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Great supplement. It's good. Awesome. Well, thank you both. Thank you, uh, thank you, Phil. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. If anybody else would like to reach out to the Savage Fincast, join us. You know, have your letter written on. Give us games. Give us questions. Give us your feedback on the book and where it's at and where you'd like it to go, etc., etc., etc. Just uh, hit us up at savagefincast at gmail dot com, and we'll put you on. The, we'll make you famous. We'll put you in a show. <laughs> make you infamous. There you go. So, we should probably talk about the reason we're here. Yeah. Savage Dragon, 245. It has been a long time coming. Yeah, dude. We finally learned the secrets of the the chained man. I thought I was going to be a murderous, vengeful ghost before this issue came out. (laughs) It's been a long time. Was it somebody, and it really hit me. Somebody in the like Facebook groups, which PS listeners, you should also join the Facebook groups. Um, but uh, somebody in the Facebook groups said the summer without Savage Dragon. And I was like, oh, my God, it has been like almost all summer. Like you think like it's late August and we're getting this issue like there's back to school shit in stores and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, oh, the summer without Savage Dragon. But it's here now. It's here. We're good. We're good. So, uh. Eric's been too busy setting fire to rainforests. Yeah. Somebody had to do it. Craig. Craig was in the wrong. Craig was in the wrong continent, apparently. But, uh. So, let's start with the cover, my dudes. We talked about this cover ages ago. Uh, we got the, uh, chain man there with all his locks and iron mask and his. Many, many chain links, which I'm sure were an absolute nightmare to draw. They were a blast, and you know it. I, I wouldn't know that, no. Chain chain links like this are fun to draw. 
Like they're they're not a chore. They're they're. I'll tell you what they were probably a fucking nightmare. Is they were probably cheese? Are they fun to do? Oh whoa! (laughs) This is a good. It's pretty good cheese pun, dude. You know the risk you run when you make a bad cheese pun. (laughs) Sound cheesy. <sighs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what these chains probably was like fucking a nightmare? It's probably it's, it fucking sucks shit to color chains. Yeah. Like yeah. so so my my shout outs to uh Nikos uh on this issue just because yeah, coloring chains sucks. <laughs> Drawing them is a, a blast. Lot, a lot of lasso tool. Just imagine flatting would be a bit of a nightmare as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's soul crushing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's each little link, you know, and they're not always the line sure. isn't always sealed. So surely it'd be easier to just slap the the color down than erase the gaps. Dude, there's no easy way. No. It's a night. It's a nightmare any way you go. And it's funny as I saw somebody like a new like an artist like a digital artist. And he's like, I got tired of drawing. He was drawing a picture of Spawn hilariously enough, and he's like. I got tired of drawing chains, so I made a chain brush. And, like, so, basically, you could just take the chain brush and just, like, just, like, you know, drag and drag your cursor along, and it would just make a chain, you know? But I was impressed. The problem with that, though, is, like, you see how Chain Man's chains are coming in and out of the background? Yeah. Like, that's really what you want, you know? You just don't want a big bunch of flat chains everywhere. I think that the interesting thing about that 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 brush was that it was actually pressure sensitive. Mm-hmm. So the harder you push it, the bigger the chains got. Oh, I didn't see that. Maybe, maybe not. See, I think you're just making that up. I could be making that up because it's fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought, I, mean, the, I thought the bigger problem was that every chain looked the same. Oh, in the cha- yeah, oh yeah, too in perfect. This case, every chain is unique. Well, that's what's cool. Is oh, like, I. Yeah, you can tell. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. No, I was just saying I. It's just each individual chain, each individual link is just its own piece, and you can't do that by re, re, um, replicating an endless cha- uh, an endless cycle. And, yeah, endless JPEG, exactly. And I'll tell you, like again, you you take a look at like the chains on Malcolm's like body. Yeah. And some of the links, of course, not all, but some of the links have been rendered in a way that they like appear to be twisted, you know? Yeah. It's oh, good. strain. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. So I'm just saying like, it's worth the effort to draw all those links. So. I'm just wondering if Malcolm's forgotten the safe word. That's <laughs> bondage. The bondage joke was right there, dude. <laughs> Selecting tighter as a safe word was probably a it's mistake. Just, I, I even like the uh, secondary cover. You know, you flip it open and you see uh, Malcolm in just like the negative no? space. Really? No, I said I like it. I oh, I thought like you it. said you didn't like it. No, no, I said I I even like the well, secondary. It's, it's cover. very it's very similar. Uh, I didn't do a side by side comparison, but it reminds me of a very early Savage Dragon cover where Dragon is getting grabbed and dragged underwater. Hmm. Uh, th- that's what this reminds me oh, of. Oh, that was a Fiend issue, wasn't it? Yeah. Could be, yeah. I think that was a Savage World issue. The Lurkers Beneath the Lake, Fear. Uh, that... It might be both. Something like that. But, what's even better is somebody on Facebook was like, 
Oh, it's a Kabob. It's a Bob Marley or Jacob Marley. Yeah, Bob Marley. Yeah, Bob Marley. <laughs> God damn, I knew I was gonna do that. He dude. capture you with his dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good visual. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I wonder why no one's done that yet. <laughs> Bob Marley. The ghost of Bob Marley <laughs> using his dreadlocks. <laughs> well, I forged these dreads in life, Buffalo Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's even great because somebody said, dude, it's like Jacob Marley. And Eric was like, oh, more than you know. And then you flip over the issue and there's Jacob Marley, the Christmas Nick Carol. I love it, dude. I love it. So, yeah, this title is sweet. And you want to know what's funny? Jim, tell me, did you in the digital version really pick up on that, like, sort of subtle, like, like, like mist color behind? It's it's there. Is it there? Absolutely. I didn't pick up on it at all, dude. It looks so good in print. Looks pretty good here. My backlight cranked up to 11. Just saying. Looks better in print. (laughs) Conversation for another day, perhaps. (laughs) But, dude, it's... Been diving 20 years from now. This issue is just like uh, a visual feast. I would say this chain man is a fantastic because again, first the the cover is awesome. Then you get the interior splash is great, and then boom, a, a double page straight spread. into a double page. <laughs> right. Which we're going to talk about this starting with the next page, but uh, I'm surprised at the first three pages, just in terms of uh, being splash pages. Yeah, you're talking about like uh, abandoning the experiment. Yeah, so we'll talk about that when we get to the experiment. Well, let's get into it, because well, like, we're, well, we're at it. I could have swore Eric mm-hmm. said that this mm-hmm. was going to be an all-nine-panel grid issue. I think plans changed. And I remember him saying that, this too. This ain't nine panels. This is 12. These are 12-panel grids. Oh. Yeah, okay. So, hey. what the, the, the deal? Dude... I mean, I'm not. I'm impressed. I was just hoping for 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 nine, because I love nine panel grids. I gotta say, I remember. I think it is. I think you remember right because we even mentioned Watchmen, right? Was it right, Watchmen nine exactly. panels? Yeah, yeah. And then boom, twelve. But yeah, it's like fucking cool. I th- I think this was a great like the 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 twelve panel like pages were fantastic, dude. I fucking loved it. He said it was a slog, like, on multiple occasions, so I guess yeah. maybe he didn't enjoy it. We'll have but, to ask him. we got to get him on again. But I think But, uh, but yeah, great. basically everything except the first page is a 12-panel grid or a double-page splash. And yeah. uh, that's consistent through the issue. And I, I, think was, it, I was just hoping that it was going to be all grids, the whole issue, so I think that's it needed- just me. Well, no, I agree. Uh, I would have loved, for experiment's sake, I right. would have loved this to be an all-grid issue. But, uh, dude, the spreads we got in this were so oh, yeah. fucking They're good. good. They're always good. Derek is the king of spreads. Yeah. I mean, like, the spreads in this issue are just absolutely unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, I loved the, like, 12-panel grid. Like, man, he worked the shit out of it. It really allowed this, like, chained man, like, the action sequences to have a real good flow to him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And this big, this first big spread is the big uh, Brekakathum. Basically, it's kind of like the events of the cover, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, it, it, Malcolm is getting is all wrapped up in chains and being thrown against a building. Mm-hmm. And uh, we meet the Chain Man, who's telling uh, Malcolm not to interfere, and that he is 
walking the earth once more to right grievous wrongs, and he is here to punish the guilty. He's a ghost. ghost. Yeah, he's a g- 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 ghost. <laughs> That's a good how do you how do you hear the chained man like Ooh. as he speaks? Um, you know what? It's just kind of a regular voice. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe booming, but not, not anything <laughs> in particular. Just regular I, joke. I'm not. I don't. I don't hear voices. English. I don't hear voices in my head. They talk to really? me. I, I, I I'm glad to hear that. They just. I do. Everyone just kind of sounds like they speak evenly in my head when I read them. You don't hear like they're like, you know, this ain't real. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, well, like, I definitely hear, you know, intonation, but uh, I don't hear like like celebrity voices or like mm-hmm. it just it's, it's just I've never it just never worked that way for me. To me, I just sort of heard. It I guess like, everyone sounds like me. <laughs> I, I sort of. I sort of heard it like super bass, like, only then may I rest. Only then may I know peace. Like, just like, you know, really like, because he's a ghost, you know? It's kind of... I, I, I guess to me is more like, oh, do palpitating. not interfere in matters which you concern, you mortal. <laughs> I <laughs> walk like... the earth once more to right a grievous wrong. <laughs> this is not your battle. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Light your battle. My show is at nine. <sighs> Only then may I rest in peace. Only then may I know peace. <laughs> what about you, Hawkins? Do you hear voices like as you read them? No, I don't hear voices. I'm saying, um, oh god, no, I'm pretty baritone as well. Um, occasionally, like I guess from this guy, I'd get a kind of um, I don't really know Canadian accents. Um, you hear? So I don't know, you kind hear of this raspy, guy's kind of horse, maybe because if he's ghost, I don't know. He is Canadian, though, technically, isn't he? Yeah. He I don't can, know. Kind of raspy, maybe. Can you imagine? See, like, it's funny, because if that guy had a Canadian accent, it kind of ruins <sighs> it, doesn't like it? Only then may I rest. Only then may I know peace. <laughs> one of the guilty... Peace. One of the guilty has paid for his crime, eh? But two remain. <laughs> I apologize to all Canadians who may or may not be listening. They fucking hate that, I know, I'm sure. Sorry, Sorry Trump guys. will be buying it next year. We're dumb Americans, we just can't fucking hear. <laughs> we can't hear it without hearing the cliche. I thought Malcolm was particularly witty this issue. I thought he, he was, was. delivering he he delivering the quips. His quips are on point. Yeah, LinkedIn is a good joke. Chain mail. <laughs> he, call, he calls him chain mail at one point in the issue. Now, question... So we're 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 flipping to the Frackazak page where Malcolm uses his lightning powers. We were all worried about this. It was just it was it was Chainman's death moment. Yeah, yeah, only yeah. We that, were, only we got bamboozled. Yeah, can't kill a ghost. Ghost. But it does. Does it not seem though? It does. Does it not seem like fucking kind of like Malcolm's powers do work on a ghost? Yeah, it, may, it seems like he like quantum leaped away when he got zapped. Yeah, but later on, doesn't it kind of also seem like Chain Man is impacted a bit by lightning? Uh, let me double check. I mean, it kind of seems. I mean, he's not like writhing in pain or yelling "yowch" or anything yeah, that's like true. that. True, he does. He, so he gets shot and the bolts go right through him. But when he gets electrified, he gets like an aura. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of just seems like it impacts him. That was kind of like I was like, huh, a little bit Ghostbusters action there. It is actually. Yeah. <laughs> It was good. Cross the currents. So, uh, 
I guess uh, keeping it sequentially there, Malcolm zaps Chainman, Chainman, like, you know, busts away. He gets busted. And the cops are sure that Malcolm has killed Chainman, but Malcolm is sure. This was a good issue, I think, because of the continue. Like, you got to see Malcolm doing just a little bit of a, almost a police work, detective work style vibe. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, there's two more dudes for sure. Like, you know. But then he takes off to go shower. (laughs) 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 To go have a sexy shower. But uh, the important bit is that the whole reason Malcolm and the Chainman are fighting is that the Chainman chased down a guy and killed him. Yeah. And then vanished. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, it's a revenge quest. Yes. And actually, I guess Chainman did say that. Is that yeah, it's and, a bringing killers to justice thing. So. Yeah, he tells him, he says, there's three people. And fucking, he kills the one right there. So Malcolm knows that, like, two more dudes to go. Two more to go. Uh, so, pop quiz my pop aficionados what is malcolm singing in the shower so you like a tough guy so you really like rough guy enough guy puff guy uh you're gonna say it and it'll be obvious but i don't know zach it's my girl billy ellish oh that's a point you win i've never heard of that in the song it's the oh you bad guy <laughs> Cancel culture. Say what you do. So I asked Eric this, but I didn't get a response. It was a meme for like a week. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I just before you go, Jim. I just got to say this. Google the song, listeners. If you if you haven't heard it, Google it because there's it's kind of a weird like when you put it. I never thought of it listening to it, but when you put it in the context of Malcolm in the shower. And then it's like, you know, sexy sister busts in or whatever. It is kind of porny sounding. Ah. <laughs> it's extreme. Especially because this it? is the awkward thing because it has got this, now the song has got this reputation as being really horny. Yeah. But Billy yeah. Ellis, she's only like 16. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yikes. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's funny because like it adds, the whole song adds a porny, funny vibe to this moment. So yeah, YouTube that listeners. If you're not familiar, that's funny that it adds to the comedy of this scene. If you're 1% who hasn't heard it at this point. The Jim percent. You were saying though before oh, I was you got saying, interrupted. I asked Eric this, I didn't get a response. Do you think chosen ones have perfect pitch? Oh yeah, dude. They hit that target they're aiming for. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm going to say Malcolm has the talent for singing because he apparently has, like, sung all his life. But probably, like, I don't associate Dragon with it, so... Hmm. Nah. I think that's just something that makes Malcolm Malcolm, dude. He just, like, is a guy that likes to sing a little. As as was actually, what's funny is actually mentioned before, you know, Maxine said, you sing in the shower pretty well. And here we are seeing it, so. <laughs> um, so we get some uh, current events where uh, I guess a basketball game of import is going on. <laughs> I don't know much about the sport balls. Do you uh, think, and here's what's so funny, given like all the attention to detail, like putting, you know, current music in the moment and stuff. Like you think this probably was a game that actually happened, right? Oh yeah, this is this is the results of the finals of last year. So you know for sure that? A ninety nine ninety percent sure. 
I was going to say the listeners are probably that like the Raptors screaming. won the championship last year. I'm pretty sure that's the case. It's cool if you're a Canadian, go to the Loose Moose for us. Take a picture. I want, I want to see the I want to see the Loose Moose. I'm positive it's a place. But at any rate, Malcolm and the family just hanging out. You know, Maxine gets a little tipsy. Little. <laughs> Tipsy enough to can't hold a drink. Tipsy enough to pursue the state fair zucchini right in the middle of the loose moose. <laughs> so I'm yes, the Raptors won the 2019 uh, season, and I'm pretty sure they're the first non-American basketball team to do it. Oh, okay, in bas in NBA history. Okay, so that's like a cool like a historical moment put in there too. I believe that is the case. I'm a nerd. Uh, I don't know shit about sports, so forgive me. But then, dude, for, okay, they're actually the first non-American team to win an NBA title and first non-American team to win a championship of any of the four major North American sports leagues. Oh, so, or, or no, since the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series in '93, so it's been 25 years since a Canadian team won a won a championship. Huh, what a coincidence. Fascinating. Malcolm moves to Canada, and Canada wins. The same. What are the odds? He's got a touch. Wait, does that include hockey? What was that? It does include hockey. No Canadian sport, Hmm. no Canadian hockey team has won a championship since 93? Damn. Bullshit. (laughs) It sounds like bullshit. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a Wikipedia incorrect. Anyway, I'm not interested enough to do more research than this. Yeah, this is like the Savage Hockey cast. This double-page spread, dude. Oh, yeah. Is the fucking San Francisco one is... Yep. God damn, that's great. And I remember him uh, like uh, Facebooking and tweeting about this, th- trying to figure out, where can I put a scene where, all, where significant landmarks are visible? <laughs> So we got the Golden Gate Bridge in the background, and we got one of those crazy steep hills that uh, San Francisco is known for. Yep. And that reads of San Francisco. Or the rail cars. Yeah, the rail car. Oh, and Rice-A-Roni. I didn't even notice the Rice-A-Roni. Look <laughs> at all those Rice-A-Ronis. How do you not notice? The Rice-A-Roni was the icing on the cake, dude. Because <laughs> the funny thing was is so many people replied to that with Rice-A-Roni, and I was like... No way is fucking Rice-A-Roni going to be part of this double-page spread. And then, sure enough, <laughs> there's Rice-A-Roni. It's awesome. The, uh, a little thing of note, the San, the Bay Guardian here. Yep. Um, He's is got actually, a lot going on in his costume. Well, he is also uh, based on a now-defunct newspaper that was apparently pretty well-known in San Francisco called yeah. the Bay Guardian. That makes sense. So mm. yeah, a little bit of a little bit of history nod there for San Francisco. Like those nice little touches there. I think Eric confirmed he's gay too. I don't well, know. Well, that only makes sense. <laughs> well, <laughs> you I mean, think? I mean, there's there's several indicators. You can wear a rainbow cape and not be gay, but I'm just saying. I think he confirmed in San Francisco. Was. I don't know. I don't know. It was Manchester Pride today. I've seen a lot of rainbows today. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it's possible, but anyway, we have the confirmation. We don't have to wonder. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, what's interesting Confirmed about that is that like the pacing on this issue was good, 
and 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 also kind of like interesting the way he did because all you get of San Francisco is that double page spread, right? And uh, you know, bam, victim number two gone. So, just and, grotted. <laughs> yeah, and and it's interesting too. Like, you know, Malcolm he didn't leave he didn't leave Canada to try and pursue the Chain Man. You know, I mean, it'd be tricky to track a ghost. Yeah, yeah, I I suppose. By the way, on the next page, yeah, there's a reference to something that you guys you you picking up on this T-shirt reference. Hold on. Let me take a look here. The one that says Canada? No. <laughs> uh, let's see what other t-shirts you're talking about here. Oh. Uh, Maxine. I can't quite It's very it, small. Sex- Dude, oh, it's like Sexpa Bombs. Okay. Sexpa Bomb. It's a Scott Pilgrim. Oh, of course. Scott Pilgrim nod. Which is Your funny. Boy? Which is funny because I was like, I, I asked on Twitter, I was like, Dude, is there going to be any Scott Pilgrim like crossover or anything he's like nah i don't want to you know he's like leave scott pilgrim in its own little perfect world he's like i would just be weird yeah it doesn't make any sense he's like but dude never nevertheless there's a sex bomb t-shirt which is uh, cool this seems interesting it's because cute. we get the get the sense that the um um what i'm trying to say here maddie's electricity is still a problem maxine yeah. is like terrified of her Mm-hmm. Which isn't good, uh, and they do suggest that maybe giving her freak out wouldn't be a bad idea, right? Just because she is kind of dangerous with her electricity. Yeah, yeah. Well, on top of that, I guess the problem, like you know, and it's funny, he's like, you know, Malcolm defends the electrical powers, but right. like, but also too, wouldn't it get rid of her healing powers? Uh, yes. It would make her a normal yes. baby, more or less. I'm trying to remember the circumstances here. Maddie is... She is definitely a chosen one because she was conceived when Malcolm had chosen one abilities. Right, and that's also... And I'm, try- I'm trying powers. to remember what happens when chosen ones get freaked out. I'm pretty sure they lose their healing factor. It just doesn't factor. work, does it? No, well, healing, fa- healing factor goes. They definitely lose the healing factor. They have to get it back through a blood transfusion. So what? That's what I was going to bring up. I, was just, I believe the, it's the exact same thing as when you get negated, in which case you stay strong, but you lose like you lose your healing factor in your like your like your super aim. Yeah, something uh, along those lines. And so again, what Maxine's suggesting here is actually like kind of super dangerous for Maddie, right? But because not only would she lose her lightning powers, but she would lose her healing powers too, right? So. But she would still be drag, uh, uh, a dragon person. She'd still be. I, you yeah. can imagine that they're reasonably tough, the, the kids are. Right. I mean, they're durable. I mean, dragon was durable when he didn't have his healing factor. Although but I, just being dismembered is a problem. I still think like if a demonoid monster cock ate her and she didn't have her powers, like her healing powers, I think she would be dead. Yes, very <laughs> much so. You could assume. So... Yeah, that's kind of like... Although in that wonder. case, uh, Maxine would have been able to pick her up and run because that was the problem, is that she couldn't... She was being, like... She, she was being attacked by Maddie, so she couldn't do anything. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Drop the baby and run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these, these super-powered kids just chuck them at your problems. 
They'll be okay. Can I just say, I appreciate that uh, they didn't get rid of the sexy French maid outfit. Yeah. For Greta. She's in Greta, Greta Gearbox. I wonder why. Keep that outfit going on. I just, thank you. Thank you, Dragon Family. I appreciate that. I, I want to talk about that at the end. Uh, okay. Just, just an overall topic. I'll get right. to it. I'll get to it at the end. Fire away, bro. Um, so at the get, end, then we then we get um then we get some actual actual what I would call proactive Malcolm Dragon. Yeah, uh, this doesn't happen very often. No, he's a reactionary Malcolm Dragon dude. Private eye. He takes the initiative to actually guard this guy because he put somebody put two and two together that this guy must be the third target. Mm-hmm. This this almost never happens. Dragon, I think it was Malcolm. Ma- right, Malcolm. Um, almost, you know, almost entirely his entire superhero career has been a reactionary character. Yeah. Dealing with problems that come to him or happen mm-hmm. to show up in front of him. Right. Whereas this, in this particular case, he's actually taking the initiative to protect this scumbag. Now, to be fair, he's just trying to prevent a loss of life. That's yeah. all. But yeah, this guy is apparently a piece of shit. <laughs> so, Yeah. Lightning punches work on ghosts. I'm saying that's what this double page spread is telling me. Oh right, because he's because he's taking it on the chin. Well, like I think bo- he, he's corporeal. And he's lost a tooth. Yeah, he's knocking his teeth out, dude. I'm just saying that's an awesome. That's an awesome wrinkle. I, I think he's got to be powers. corporeal to kill. So, but bullets can go through him. Well, maybe he was, wasn't prepared for the punch. So you're saying he can turn off his tangibility? I mean, yes, the, fa- uh, the the phasing factor. Mm. Well, then I'm going to say that I feel like lightning can fucking get through it. Because you don't see Malcolm's fists going through him on any panel. That's true. I think Malcolm's lightning power can hurt ghosts. It's in the mm. books. As far as I'm concerned, Gavin, update the wiki. Because as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> by the way, we try to be more new listener friendly. Uh, I was referring to Gavin Higginbotham, uh, legendary... Savage Wiki editor. Again, if you're a new listener, the Savage Wiki is an amazing resource. Gavin literally does update it with every issue. And so uh, you can find that very easily off of savagedragon.com. So that's what that joke about Gavin updating the wiki was. But, um, yeah, dude, I'm putting it down as one of his powers. Like, his lightning can affect ghosts. I'm just saying. Bookmark it. Bookmark that ability. Uh, so Chainman kills a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the high, hired goons. <laughs> yeah, I love the shredding, like just the shredding panel where he's just shredding them with chains. It's so good. And uh, before he can get a grip on this guy, I think his name's Cassius. Uh, mm-hmm. Cassius grabs this other woman, ja- uh, Jackie, and threatens to kill her. Which was or, great. Oh, no, not Jackie. Jackie is the chain man. Gabrielle is the woman. Um, yeah, you got Cassius the criminal. You know, Jackie's the chain man. And Gabrielle's the lady. The but chain man, chain man getting Formal shot. Formal of interest. Yeah. Him getting shot in the eye. Like, is that tears coming out of his eye? Uh, You know, I read it as tears. But, you I, know, because the bullet does it go through his eyes. Yeah. yeah. He could be bullshitting about his invulnerability. I mean, he it's still coming out on the next page. 
See, well, that's what's weird is that like he's definitely, I think, crying in that final panel because the you look at the top panel where he's saying Gabrielle, he's not crying there. So yeah. I think like when he got shot in the eye in the first panel, he's crying, and then yeah. like emotionally he's crying in this next scene because right. they're both crying. You know what I mean? You're so, right, Jim. He must be a bit like like meat. Like he can he can become yeah, real yeah. and affect the real world. Yeah. Because like you don't cry if you're a ghost. Like you don't have to. You know. I don't know. So, and then uh, Malcolm solves the problem. <laughs> it's great, dude. I don't know if you've seen Malcolm use a gun before. Got that chosen one aim, baby. Right, but right in the computer. <laughs> that trigger's probably fucked now, though. <laughs> I don't like Chain Man's reaction to what? <laughs> what? Huh? Did what he had to. <laughs> Which is funny because you think he came and he was like, "I'm here to save your life," and then like. You know, Malcolm ends up being the guy that smokes the motherfucker right in the end. <laughs> but I mean, I get it. He took he took a hostage. Like Malcolm had no choice. Like he had to take one life to save another. But it's kind of funny that like Malcolm was at that funeral to protect that guy, and right. then. <laughs> so I thought it worked. I thought yeah, that's not fucking worth it. <laughs> I thought that really worked. Like that was a great, like shocking conclusion to this to this sequence. Because I just didn't see it coming, you know what I mean? And, uh... The chain man kind of gets the uh, the happy ending in the end. Well, sad. As happy I as you can he, be he, when I, you're already dead. I think he gets the un- unsatisfying ending where yeah. he gets what he thinks he wants and then he just poofs away. Yep, doesn't get to hold her one last time. Just, <laughs> with his indefinable tangibility. Yeah, It's sad, Zach. I'm just saying it's sad. I agree with Jim. I'm in team. I'm in team. Hashtag sad ending. Oh no! I think it's really tragic. It's kind of man in the iron mask type thing. It was good um, overall. Since we're at the end, one more page to go, of course. But we can reflect. Overall, feed me your impressions. Like you know, Jim, Zach. Like, what are you thinking overall? This one off. This one and done tale. I think. Um, I would have preferred it to be all 12 panel grids. Okay. No splashes. That's just mm-hmm. me. I think overall it is a good contained story uh, compared to the last few. I think it is overall satisfying. It's got a got a decent arc. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I trying to say? It's got great action. Mm-hmm. And I think... There's an interesting... Uh, what I wanted to talk about was... Eric seems to have dialed back on the nudity. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, like, a whole bunch of opportunities this issue, and he didn't take them. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's a conscious thing that he is doing. The end of the risky business era. Possibly. I mean, definitely. I will say that I've noticed that it's been dialed back to the old, you know... Erect nipples through shirts, the nerds. Mm-hmm. You get the nerds, you get the camel toes. I don't yeah. think you get much more. And you get the sex in the stall instead of, you know, on panel. The bare back. The bare yeah. back and the slightly cropped frontal nudity. I mean, you know, truth to be told, what's sad is, of course, I loved it. You know, I thought it was yeah. fucking great. For me, it's a thing that could stick around forever. Right. I, I hope it's a well he can feel he feels he can go back to as needed. 
but sadly i do think that you're 100 percent right i think it's probably like marks the end of that era maybe it didn't go over well is what i'm saying i think you had a lot more people that were pissed over it than well there was loads of pushback pushback yeah i think yeah i don't know why it's, it's a shame just, people are weird about things like that in American comics, especially. Like, American comics are especially pure. Yeah, but camera. American indie comics? I don't I don't know. There, I mean, there are more risque comics than this that come out think, of Image. I don't think people think of Savage Dragon as an indie comic, even though it totally is. Like, it, it's still totally, like, high profile or not. Like, one of the Image founders or not. This is still an indie comic. And... I think that people hold Savage Dragon to the same standard they would, like, fucking, you know, Wolverine or Spider-Man or whatever. Weird. It is weird, because it's never been that way. Like Ever. Ever. Like, from day one, you had, like, sexy times, but I think for well, whatever And a lot reason, more dismemberment. Yeah, yeah. Those retro reviews are dipped in red. <laughs> they're, they're soaking. But I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right, dude. I think you are right. He, Like you said, he had a lot of shots to take, and he didn't take them. So what about you? What do you think? I loved it, dude. Uh, first, I'm not going to lie. Eric, uh, Raven. I was, I, listen, here it comes. I was, I was going to address that. Come on. Right, I was going to address that. Let it out, that. Raven. No, I was going to address that. Let the that. world know. <laughs> Keep first, it as in suspense, boy. No, I was going to address that. First, At first, I was damn dissatisfied that Chain Man... Uh, didn't recur, that he got wiped out in an issue. And, like, again, I told this uh, anecdote, like, on the Facebook forum, but for listeners that don't go there, uh, it's funny because when I went to EerieCon and I was with a uh, longtime Savage Dragon contributor and friend of the FinCast, Mark Welzer, uh, me and him and D Fish, who did a absolutely killer uh, Savage Dragon ink challenge, if you remember those... Uh, that cover with all the UFOs. Yes, uh, yes. D-Fish did an absolutely killer, like an incredible talent, uh, great comic artist herself. But the uh, pinup, we all teamed up at Erie Comic Con and we did the pinup and we just were like all drawing, you know, different characters or whatever else. And I put Chain Man in there. And I, cause I thought he was going to be a recurring character cause he looked so fucking great. I thought he was one of the new vicious, like Canadian vicious circle that is slowly coming together and, uh, dude, he's gone. And so my, my gut reaction was absolutely, I was dissatisfied because I did not want Cause to get again, Malcolm, the Malcolm era has not had a strong rogues gallery like when Dragon, as especially, it's funny of us talking about this, like, as we go to the retro reviews, like, Dragon from issue one just had just badass visuals in his robes. Cutthroat and Hellraiser, yeah. Yeah, Cutthroat, Hellraiser, Mako, like, you know, they're all there within, like, the first three issues. Like, you're just getting, like, these absolutely fantastic, like, visuals that are just sticking around. And to me, Chain Man is an amazing visual. And, I, yeah, I was super-duper dissatisfied to see him come and go in a single issue. Of course, as time goes, you get more time to think about shit. Uh, I had a nine-hour drive, as Jim told you, two ways. So I had, like, you know, 18 hours to think about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, dude, like, this issue, just if you take it for... Would I, would I still like to see the Chain Man come back? Shit, yes. 
Like, absolutely. Like, no doubt. Because he's a great vision. Well, the door's not closed. Yeah, it's possible. You are correct. And so and so that's the thing. And again, I'm not going to be poly pissy panties over the fact that this guy, like, this one issue ended, we don't know the future. Like, Chain Man could totally show back up. He's got a weird sort of, like, corporeal, like, ghost-like, sometimes he's physical sometimes he's not he could be summoned you don't know there's a million directions that could go like he could be like you know forced to show back up and fight or something like that anything could happen he's a ghost so anything can happen but uh i cooled my jets on the whole like wishing being sour just because i wish he would show back up and i just looked at the issue just on its own and as it stands, it's a really kick-ass standalone issue. Like, you said it yourself. Like, of the standalone issues that we have had, the one-and-done villains, like, this is a really good one. You know? I think the revenge tale aspect, and almost... I know it sounds so dumb to say it, but I don't care. I'm going to say it. Almost any time you have some sort of a countdown, that's going to make a good story. I don't know why. <laughs> but you have this killer... This killer ghost that's just like whacking guys, like, you know, one by one. And when he gets to the last one, you know, and Malcolm's trying to stop it. That's just a good tale. Well, it's just... There aren't enough, I would say, magic characters in Savage Dragon. Oh, no, I was going to say this. I'm, I'm really glad that this is opening up the um, the gates to, to having more spiritual villains. Agreed. I, I mean, there was the Fiend. We the, need more. The Fiend, of course. And Abner Cadaver is a really good one. But mm-hmm. really, except for them, and I guess giant mummy mm-hmm. there's just there there haven't been a lot of them most of your super villains are sci-fi villains or you know mob bosses with armor um i got i got a real like i would say like a specter vibe off this guy uh dc specter i like who is any... kind of a vengeful, a vengeful ghost as well his whole deal is that he he gets revenge for other people yeah, he, he makes sure people get the the justice they deserve, that sort of thing. But yeah, he's like a he's like a revengeful ghost, and I think uh, I think Savage Dragon could use one of those just kind of hanging around. I like you touched on it as you were talking there. I like anything that opens the world of Savage Dragon up more. Right. Like for instance, I have loved all this time we've spent in Canada. You know, I love the thought of, like, San Francisco has a superhero with a rainbow cape. You know, mm-hmm. that's fan- that's fantastic. And so anytime we get to peel back, because the book was so Chicago-based for so long. Right. Like, anytime you get to see more. And, like, even, like, the thing, like, since the Malcolm era, they've gone into heaven and hell a bit more. True. And, like, it's, so it's cool. Now, like, here we have this ghost. And so, again, that's a whole nother other thing, like, you know. Like you said, we haven't really had ghosts in Savage Dragon, like not really for all the wacky shit we've seen. At, at least, or at least not in the last like two hundred issues. I mean, we had the Hellboy crossover had a bunch of cool characters, mm-hmm. and then there. I'm trying to. I'm just. I'm trying to think of any post Savage World char- uh, supernatural characters. And mm-hmm. I am just coming up blank. They're, they've just not been there. There's not a ton. Like the like you said, I think you said the fiend. The, like one that, of that, that was a that was an old universe uh, uh, police officer dragon era villain. Yeah, and and, even, and, and Abner Canaver. I mean, he killed dragon and did that whole uh, you know during the SOS era. And yeah, uh, it's just it's just not been a thing lately. So it's cool. I, I like I like that it was even here at all. So. 
You could maybe argue that the demonoids kind of fall into that kind of supernatural thing. Yeah, they're demon-like. At the same time, no. I think they're just a subterranean race that looks demon-like. But uh, we don't know a lot about them. Apparently one of them should be turning up in the next issue, so maybe we'll learn more about them and where they're from. So, um, Zach, your overall. Give, give us your progress, your grade card on this. I loved it. Solid self-contained issue. I loved self-contained issues that just tell, you know, stories. Completely open up for the Chain Man coming back. Uh, Eric's on top form on the art department. I just adore that opening splash page. Mm -hmm. That's, oof, Mm. gorgeous. Good stuff. Um, But again, I'll just echo any of the sentiments that more supernatural elements in Savage Dragon is really, really needed. I've I've been waiting for the return of Abner Cadaver... Uh, Fonty, anyone for ages, and they just they, Eric just doesn't seem to be interested in bringing any of them back because I don't even think we've. I mean, I guess we saw it's a personal thing. Yeah, I think Abner Cadaver being like a sentient string is like oh, that's great. great. It's like one of the greatest things he ever created. <laughs> that is and, one of the greatest plot twists ever. He's been <laughs> MIA for almost the entire Savage World era. I accepted a few flashbacks that fleshed out uh, in like an issue 200. Um, so I, I don't think he was defeated. I, no, dude, he fucking took off. Fonte took him. Yeah, he took him. Oh, did he take him? Yeah, Fonte was like, gotcha, and took off. Oh, I guess Fonte does have him. So I guess that's why he's been missing. Yeah, yeah. Fonte was like, I mean, remember, he was his old foe, and he was right, like, right, gotcha, and yeah, like, I'm been, done. Yeah, and Cadaver used the Wicked Worm to control Fonte until dragon punched him to death right <laughs> <laughs> um i don't want to now this solid show. nine out of ten awesome and i also yes totally agree um <laughs> totally agree i will say i don't want to close the issue without the main issue without talking about this last page is like meaty in its own way um, because here you have them having, you know, Malcolm and uh, Maxine have been having struggles, you know. It's, with, it's pillow talk. With yeah. everything. But then the interesting thing is that Maxine kind of throws it at him like, yeah, but, you know, dude, you want sex, like, all the time. Like, six times a day. I and, haven't gotten the impression at all. So it's kind of weird to see hear Maxine hear that. Step- well, I think she's a bit deluded. I don't know. Or she's it, projecting. It, it, it does feel like a projection, just just based on what we've seen, mm-hmm. Malcolm has always just seemed to be the reasonable one. He, to me, has always seemed passive. I mean, yeah, it's always, it's 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 weird. It's weird to see. I, I don't know who says I may have a problem in the last panel. I think it's implied to be Malcolm. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, well that's what, definitely that's Malcolm. I think is the one saying I have a problem, which is I thought a weird twist. You know. Or it could be saying, oh, my problem is, you know, Maxine, <laughs> relationship problems. I mean, he's definitely got I a problem. Know, there's, there's something deeper there, maybe. <laughs> he's definitely got a problem. But then you also, too, it's kind of interesting because you see that, like, Maxine really only gets, like, brave when she's drunk. Again. Right, right. Still. So even with the therapy that she's been going to, which you assume is still going on, like, she's still got to apparently get drunk to, like, work it up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So and that's just fine. I don't have any problem with you know what's going on with Maxine. It's just I if if what she's saying isn't like her projecting and it's legit, I just I don't think the comic has has established that to us. 
previously. This might be the moment in which you're learning it is all I'm saying. (laughs) So, so like Maxine is saying like, yeah, he doesn't come out and say like, he literally says, I didn't say anything. And she's like, yeah, but like you, you know, you give me looks like, you know, Hmm. and so it is kind of like, it's hard to think like, you're going to draw panels of like Malcolm giving her looks. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm just saying, I think this might be what's interesting to me. Anyway, I, I'm agreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. We 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 really haven't seen. It, this is kind of coming out of nowhere. We've really not seen like panels of Malcolm shooting looks. He, I, I'm gonna agree with you 100. percent Like Malcolm has always seemed more like he is just along for the ride. But then the interesting twist here, I think, it's kind of an interesting wrinkle. Is like Maxine is suggesting that like you know yeah he's along for the ride, but like even if he's not like super aggressive, he's still kind of like you know fishing for it you know right often six six times a day you know mm-hmm. six times a day man yeah so interesting wrinkle well it's kind of like i always i like to see i think it's funny like uh i think people like said i forget what was talking about somebody like oh you know this isn't going to get addressed and it's going to be a problem it's just a you know it's a serious, serious issue but it's like kind of like Malcolm and Maxine's relationship has totally been like growing and moving and always touched on every single issue and like addressed in some small way. So I don't know. It's cool. I thought that ending was kind of neat and set up a new weird wrinkle in things. Is Malcolm Dragon a sex fiend? That's what we want to know. All right, Raven, I'm going to put my hand directly upon your face. And push you out of the way as Zach and I gush about this backup. Go for it. Oof, go, yes. Go for it, ladies. That's the meat of it. Um, Jim, no, go on. I'll, I'll, I'll let you lead in with this one. All right. So this is a pretty good backup. It's a fun, like, like pulpy uh, throwback. Um, it stars, stars Dragon, who, we, who you don't really see him. Well, you, you do see him in backups, but we don't see him in backups all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time we've seen Dragon in probably a few months, uh, backup-wise. Here, let me sit up real quick. So, it's just a fun little story with, uh, um, now Dragon, I believe, is in the Amazon, uh, South America. Uh, he's, uh, he, uh, runs into a, uh, tribe of pygmies who are sacrificing a woman to a large monster, and the monster turns out to be Fiesel. <laughs> Uh, who is also a character we haven't seen in a long time. Yep. So he's fun to see. Yes, yeah. Uh, this apparently takes place at some point during the SOS era, I believe. Because it involves uh, Fiesel messing around with Martian technology and what have you. But This delivers on a really great... Pro- I'm just going to throw this in here. I know this is totally the you and Zach show. But I'm hey, just going to deliver I- it. I'm just going to throw this in real quick and say that I love that this delivers on the promise because a lot of people are like, oh, I miss Dragon, oh, I miss Dragon. And Eric was like, dude, you can totally show up in flashbacks. Yes, he can. So anyway, I'm done. Keep going. So oh, just real quick, one thing uh, about the the um, uh, the dialing back of nudity. This this particular backup had tons of opportunity for nudity that weren't was not taken. Yeah, lots of Austin Powers in here. Indeed. But the real reason why this is so amazing is that it's drawn by a guy named P.J. Holden, who Zach and I know going way back in our 2008, uh, 2000 AD fandom. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a regular artist. On He's a big alumni. Oh, yeah. on. Educate the listeners. If someone does not know what 2000 AD is, please let them know. 2000 AD right. is, a, okay. is a weekly anthology magazine that comes from the United Kingdom. Uh, it, primary, it is the home of Judge Dredd, future cop of the future, uh, fastest superhero, Judge Dredd. Um, that also contains many other uh, science fiction and horror or and sometimes fantasy strips. Every issue is about 32 pages long, uh, where each strip is about five pages long. And like I said, it comes out every week, and uh, it is serialized weekly. Um, Been running a long time, correct? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, so. It's Yes, 77. There you yeah, go. Uh, okay. Weekly. It's on issue, I believe, 2245 or 2145. Okay, so when you say this is a 2080 artist, that is super huge and awesome. Oh, I wouldn't say he's super huge. He's just, he's been prolific over the last, like, decade. He's the workhorse of the frog, really. He's he's the guy you turn to when you want a solid, like, 30 pages. Yeah, fine, I could do it over the weekend. (laughs) Awesome. PJ is a a proper lad. He's drawn a lot of Judge Dredd in particular. He's done a bunch of other stuff, uh... Uh, Department of Monsterology with De- uh, Gordon Rennie. Department of Monsterology is an actual uh, standalone comic book series. Oh, oh yeah, that's a self-contained. That, that is that's a, not, that's an indie that's comic. That's not related to 2008. But it is a very cool series. It's about a, uh, it, like, like you said, it's called Department of Monsterology. It's basically a, um, oh, how do I even describe it? It's like a, it's like a BPRD sort of thing, like a Hellboy sort of thing, mm-hmm. where they investigate monster activity, but in a more academic way. Mm. Uh, because they're, they are, uh, I believe, a department of a uh, college. At least that's a cover. And like a few years back, which is actually my introduction to him, he did uh, Number Cruncher with Simon Spurrier. Oh, I forgot about Number Cruncher. Man, that was a- Number Cruncher's great. <laughs> that was about that's a that's about a uh, is it about a hitman or is it like a, a mob enforcer? Yeah, like a time traveling hitman who has to like deal with um, like time loops and stuff and like um, just this one guy who was fucking around with the time streams constantly, so he has to kill him like 600 times. It's amazing. Um, but, but PJ's also cool for other reasons. He does, he does a lot of blog posts about, uh, uh, like do his methods, methods, yeah. uh, particularly about digital art, like layout, get setting up your brushes, layouts, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his workflow process. And I find all of that very useful reading. Um, He's just he's just such a great kind of old school kind of artist. I was going to say yeah, as a no nothing. He takes a lot of influence. Hmm? I was sorry, just going to say as a no nothing, this is a fucking visual feast. Go ahead, Zach. No, I say that dude's got to start. He's massively influenced by like um the war comics of the the eighties, like um Battle, uh, Battle Picture Weekly. Commando, that kind of thing. So I, I think he's kind of like tapped into that by designing dragons to look a bit like Doc Savage in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes sense. This has got the yeah, he's got the um, jungle explorer costume on, which is fun. It's fun to see dragon in costumes. He's yeah. usually just in jerseys and t-shirts. Yeah, those pants, dude. Oh, those pantaloons. Yeah, with the fucking wings. Fantastic. I will say again, as a know nothing, like the the facial expressions of Dragon himself, 
Oh, oh, PJ's a complete cartoonist. He's great. Love it, dude. Like, Dragon is so, like, facial expression cartoony in this. It's so good. I'm just... I, I, just that one panel where the pygmy's biting his ear. Yes, dude. That is the literally one I'm looking at at this moment. That is a f- that's great. Yeah. It's just really great seeing somebody who you've been a fan for for years come along for five or six pages yeah. on another comic that you really like. It's like um, I, I, this has happened before uh-huh. when um, Simon Fraser yep. did a couple of pages for um, Dragon. Yeah, the Twisted Funny conclusion. I, yeah, the twist, the final Twisted Funny story. And again, that was sending up to 2000 AD in a much more apparent fashion. It, it's just great seeing someone you've been a fan of for years doing something you love. I gotta say, I I get the sense that PJ is a Dragon fan. Oh is, yeah, which is, he's always definitely a which Dragon is fan. obvious now that I think about it. Um, I kind of want to ask him if he wants to interview, but being over in the UK like you, timing will be an issue. Uh, I'll have to look more into that. I just he's just such a cool sort of artist, and I I just love it. And now I know who my pick is for the my my dream Dragon. Uh, Judge Dread crossover is like one of the handful of guys who's drawn both. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah, dude! Absolutely. Like I would read the shit out of that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a, it. Was a fun, uh, fun uh, surprise. I did not expect to see him in the book, and as soon as I realized who it was, I basically squealed. I even love I'm just gonna give like some more props and gush like I even love like that that Zaka Zack where the like Martian ray gun is like yep. breaking the panel borders so good dude oh that's Delicious. funny that's fun yeah yeah that's great stuff he does a lot of work with like the panel borders and stuff oh it's good in any time you're doing stuff like that that's fantastic and uh, I think he draws all his own um, um, like effects yeah as well. I'm pretty sure those are his sound effects that he's drawn into the art we don't have to guess hold on here oh good point i mean letters farron delgado guys that's uh, i was gonna say that looks digital to me that is farron farron delgado is that is that typical is that the letter does the sound effects i would imagine i mean that farron's been knocking the shit out of him so like that wrench that's all farron delgado like that like you know the like the hand is like uh, the yeah. zip lines, the motion are in the wrench. Like I, as soon as I saw that wrench, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Farron Delgado." So yeah, yeah. But I mean, still though, like again, there's so much good cartooning here. Like when Feasel is shrinking, even the way the panel starts bigger and gets more narrow, like yeah. that's just that's good sequential art, baby. That's just good stuff. And even like Zach, I was talking about faces, like even that face, like in the middle of the last page where like dragons just sort of smiling as he talks to her. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. it's great. It's the captain hurricane face. I love it. It's so good, dude. So yeah, this backup is 10 out of 10, dude. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with it again. It's just kind of one of those things where I didn't expect it to ever happen. I'm really glad it does, but is Foxy a 10 out of 10. Easily. See, someone else gets it. Do you like Foxy, Zach? Uh, I think he's cute. I give, and that's all it takes. I'm easily pleased. I give Foxy a one out of ten. I I did not like Foxy at all. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I just, uh, you know, hey, 
You're going to put me on blast? I just didn't love it. That's all. It's very um, <laughs> Scandinavian comic type, very like Moomin. And I know that's not for everyone. Moomin. Uh, there's a poll. <laughs> put it in the tags. It's kind of like Moomins. It's like, whoa. Well, I think more people. Very relevant again. Yeah, you know, it's weird. So, yeah. I feel like thanks to Twitter, more people know Moomin. True. Because people love people he's on a, Twitter love Moomin. He was the next Domokun. He's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Even like even if you don't know Moomin, like you know of him if you have a Twitter usually. But I didn't love it. I like Moonbeard a lot better. Moonbeard Moonbeard is funny in the in a more obvious way. Mm-hmm. How was Foxy? No, no. How was Foxy funny at all? <laughs> it's not funny. It's cute. It's très cute. Just, it's Ikea. This uh, little girl fox just drawing on things that aren't hers. Fox and no, no, no. I see, the thing with Moonbeard for me is I didn't find it funny because it's it's that kind of penny arcade humor that just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. That's I, that's a low blow. It's a little more Sorry. like, more like uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The webcomic. It was um, Perry Bible Fellowship a little bit. Yeah, and that yeah. You're, you're kind of it has kind of a dark ending. I love it. That's what makes it good. Yeah, like if, I get, if I, I, Foxy yeah, had gotten murdered by a sentient AI, oh baby, that would have been funny. Now that is a funny punchline. <laughs> what what I don't get though is, are they being locked in the closet or are they being locked outside? Because I, I don't know. It, it's like a 2001 Space Odyssey reference. Like you even have the red like. Like basically, they're they're trying to jip the AI, and then like the AI realizes it's being jipped for Mother's Day, and then they're like, they get locked out, and yeah, they get murdered. So I'd assume <laughs> I'd assume they're in space. I guess there's a little bit of like smoke on the floor in the next to last panel. So the Event Horizon series is a bit different. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The funnies are always just kind of interesting. Hit and miss. Don't sell them short. They're usually awesome. Yeah. I I kind of miss having um, like um, Night Watchman stuff in them. You like Night Watchman? Night Watchman is ah. fine. My big problem with Night Watchman was it was daily strips at a monthly pace. Right. Yeah, but see, I like that. Yeah. You like daily fine strips with it. at a monthly pace? Zach, what? It's fine. It's fine. I, I read web comics with worse release schedules. It's fine. <laughs> Unbe fucking leaveable. All right. You know, and I'm just gonna say shout outs again for this beautiful Copra backup. Like back oh, cover. Oh boy. Mm. This mm-hmm. really makes it good. All, all in all. Yeah. It's kick ass issue. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. I was bitter about Chain Man, but dude, leaving out super pleased in the end. I want to say that I asked for people to respond about the issue with their takes and their, you know, whatevers. We got Matt Hickman, who tells us that backup was a great pulp story. Totally agree, Matt. Thank you for contributing. Damn right. That's Uh, actually a thing I'd like to say. Jim, are there any other 2000 AD alumni that you'd like to see do a Dragon backup? Oh, most of them, but like most of them. Henry Flint for absolute sure. <laughs> Name names. Yeah. Henry Flint. Henry Flint. 
Uh, when you see, the thing is, I think Flint would be down for it. I'm sure he would. He's down for a lot. He's got a very um. He's he's again. He's a very um ink heavy um type of artist. He's uh oh, he's really hard to describe. He's got almost like a geometric style. He comes out of a he. His influences are more like uh, Milligan. Not drop in the group chat. Not Milligan. Um, who am I thinking of? Uh, Starts with an M. I feel awful. McCarthy. McCarthy. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, like Kevin O'Neill, like Kevin O'Neill Nemesis, uh, Nemesis era. Kevin O'Neill, of course, is the artist on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Alan Moore, all as well as. Uh, um, Savage Dragon Martial Law. Martial Law as well, uh, with Pat Mills. Um, uh, Henry Flint has a style not quite like that, but it's similar. At least in my mind it is. Um, yeah, Henry Flint's my big number one with a bullet. Um, of course, Carlos uh, Squerta would have been... R.I.P. But he's gone from this world. One of the great artists of all time. He... I put him in the same caliber as Jack Kirby. Oh, easy. He is the, easy. the British. Well, he's he's the he's the UK Jack Kirby, in my mind. Uh, Carlos, um, shoot. There's a lot. There's just there's so much talent in 2080. It's hard to even narrow it down. Colin McNeil, I think, would be a solid fit as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, he's a guy who would probably do it because he, he's he's prolific. He's done he's done U.S. comics before. He's a, he's primarily best known for doing art for War, Warhammer 40K. So he does big, beefy guys pretty well. Uh, as well as, you know, just generally drawn weirdos. Uh Right, what are you doing, Raven? Googling? No, just sitting here listening. Oh, 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 okay. I was Googling. I was go- I was looking for a good reference picture for Henry Flynn. I just got drawn into the Titan pages. <laughs> but no, anyway, yeah, that's... I think we've talked enough about the backups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, do you want to go over uh, Ninja Turtles Urban Legends number 12, Raven? Always, bro. All right, so this issue's uh, another... Go for it, Lance. Another uh, Vanguard crossover issue. This was juicy for Dragon fans, even though there's and you know like. What? Didn't we talk about this with Gary? See, that's what's weird. It's weirding me out because we did talk about it, but we didn't really like give it the like you know review it right. Like overall, yeah. we yeah, talked yeah. about because we we t- we did talk about like this girl he- turtle gag, right? For timely. Sure. It was timely because they just uh, Sophie Campbell just dropped her design for the new female turtle. Right, that's why we were talking about it. And so, right. and Craig was saying, "Oh, you know, but you did a female turtle here," and and then we looked it up, and like as timing hit it, like the, remember that was the rule they had no female turtles because there was the female turtle in the show. Yeah, in the in the, uh, in the Saban show. Right, right, right. So it's kind of like the whole female turtle thing. So that's what you're remembering. But we didn't truly get this issue. Right. Yeah. So this one, the... this issue kicks off. We're in orbit on Vanguard ship. Uh, we get this great uh, orbital vista with this satellite. It's pretty, pretty fucking cool. Looks beautiful in color. So good. Um, Lurch comes in with the old, uh, yeah, you know, the old trick. Mikey's feeling it. Yeah, he turned. Uh, yeah, Lurch has turned himself into a uh, female ninja turtle uh, with breasts and everything. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, you know. 
and I believe it's Mikey who's getting tricked. Oh yeah, Mikey's and, getting uh, tricked. He doesn't um he doesn't like his goopy form as much. I mean, you know, Mikey just not very imaginative. Infinite possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Just um, have Lurch turn into Hordus. Whatever. Yeah, anything. Anything really, yeah. Not not a very teenage decision there. Like if I <laughs> if I was Michelangelo, I'd be like, dude. <laughs> Dude, you got let me it, it is it is pretty funny that uh, Vanguard does describe uh, Lurch in terms of like like a vacuum cleaner utility. Where, yeah. where we know in the future he does become his own person. Yeah, Lurch Lurch was still on that journey. You know, yeah. Lurch was beca- getting AI. Like he was saying, Lurch is just a tool. You know, nothing. <laughs> but uh, we're getting uh, we get more info about. Uh, Rayburn, the uh, murderer. Yeah, the, the Death Watch character, uh, Roxy's going through his uh, autopsy reports. Um, I love this grisly. I just want to give like props for this grisly recounting of Rayburn's like serial killer past. Right. <laughs> because it is. It feels like a lot darker than like anything else that's been going on, you know? <laughs> Is it, is it, Rayburn is back, basically just like a, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think they say he's doing any child sex stuff, but he right. definitely likes to murder children, which makes it like instantly darker. Like if you're a murderer, sure. If you're a serial killer, okay, awful, scary. But then like if you're a child serial killer, that's Freddy Krueger caliber. You know what I'm saying? So like I like how like with with Roxy's recount of Rayburn's past, he becomes an infinitely darker character. Indeed. <laughs> and then about ten seconds later, Roxy is smooching Vanguard mm-hmm. after recounting all these horrible acts. <laughs> That's um, when and again, like I said, like even though you really only get Vanguard in the beginning, like there's all kinds of great like uh great like references to dragon characters in here like when like he tell like leo tells mikey's like who's a better kisser hortus or lurch <laughs> that's good dude and then uh, you got raf bitching get, and he's yep we catch back up with raf who's just returned to new york in his flying car um he's, he's like, retur- turning he's like, to the new lair entrance at the cemetery He's like, I took on the entire vicious circle by myself. I was like, yeah, it's good, dude. It's pretty good when you're. You, that includes guys like Powerhouse. Yeah, that were there. Is <laughs> uh, I think he's uh, exaggerating what he did, but still, it's like I said, cool for a dragon fan, you know. And, uh, he gets cracked over the head by a uh, mysterious figure. Probably great, Casey. Probably Casey Jones. Great crash. Love the like, you know, Saturn and the stars and stuff. Yep, it's a classic uh, sound effect. Uh, we're actually back up in Vanguard ship. What's going on is they're getting some readings on Donnie, who apparently died previously, and now the armor is in control of what's left of his body. Yeah, Wally's telling him, like, dude, he's brain dead. Sorry, like your brother does not have brain activity. Like, there's no brain activity going on. And the other two, and uh, Leonardo is not having none of it. He yep. doesn't believe this for a second. And Cyborg gets up and confirms it. He's like, yeah, dude, he's dead. Like, I'm alive. And then it was funny, the Cyborg says something interesting. He's like, well, like, you know, I need his important organs, like his heart, but I don't need his brain. Right. And I was like, oh, that's weird as shit, dude. 
this is an ongoing story with the uh, with the with the with the cy- with the cyborg Donnie thing. And again, um, we we praise the colors, but like, dude, it just looks so good. There's just so much good stuff going. There's a lot of good coloring going on in this issue. Yeah, really good. I, I'm shit. so glad they they got that sorted because it has improved a lot since like this first and second issue. And it's killer now. Like it yeah. absolutely like enhances. There's so many great little flourishes. But uh now then they decide that they're going to uh go and track Rayburn to Sheldon, Arkansas. Uh, because why were they going to Arkansas? They're going well, to fi- find well, see, Death they, where Death Watch got abducted, right? Well they're there's they see like they're looking in orbit and they see Rayburn's ship, right? Right. And so that, that's the ship that he originally was. He launched into space as part of like a serial killer's helping. Like oh yeah, that was a, in, that was a whole thing where they were. He was a convict, so they were using him for space travel experiments. Right, and really far ones like Jupiter. Yeah, and so like he went to Jupiter, and like the last transmission they got from him was a cry for help. Right. Well, well, then they like see his they see his ship there, and they're like, oh well, you know, let's figure out like where the hell he was going and it's like uh yeah it crash landed the ship crash landed in sheldon arkansas which was rayburn's hometown so Uh, then they're like oh shit let's go there you know it's got to be like what's going on like that's where he is so yeah mikey leo uh vanguard roxy and donnie and maybe wally they all go down to earth uh but meanwhile Raphael wakes up and it turns out it was casey who knocked him over the head Mm mm-hmm He's concussed. Concussed, he is not great. <laughs> concussed, hungover, a hungover ninja turtle. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's when uh, Casey fills in Raph about the uh, mob boss that's trying to kidnap Shadow, get his right. granddaughter back. So this is the first Raph's learning of that. And then they talk about the fact that the ninjas killed a bunch of dudes in a surveillance van and they you know casey thought it was the ninja turtles but raf thinks it's the foot because obviously it wasn't them and so right. raf's like well fuck i'm gonna go talk to the foot and see if they know what's up and so the turtles and vanguard arrive in arkansas and, you know they get surprised by what they think is just a scarecrow but actually turns out to be a murder victim of death watch that he killed drained of their life and strung up in a field (laughs) these are some very big crows crows can get very big you know (laughs) crows can get fucking huge and then they see where he fell he fell like from his satellite like they see literally the, the the crater where death watch apparently just fell from space to earth <laughs> and, and and popped out of the crater and just started killing people. So. Yeah, you can kind of see a humanoid shape where he landed. That's pretty pretty funny. Um, and then I guess the issue kind of concludes with Raphael goes to meet with the Foot Clan leaders, try to figure out like what the deal is. Um, and the Foot Head, the heads of the Foot get greased by the mob. Yeah, they're just regular old mobsters with Tommy guns. <laughs> just murdering everybody. Yep. And, and uh, uh, Raph barely avoids uh, getting caught as well, but he's uh, he's ready for the ne- he's ready for the fight. He's ready to go. 
Yeah. He, he says, he makes it clear, he's like, you know, the foot, he's like, the foot, like, Shredder was the enemy, not the foot. Right. Like, since Shredder has been gone, the foot have even been the turtle's ally. Like, he even goes so far as to say that the foot were looking after Casey and them while the turtles were out of town. Yeah. And so, like, he, he, like, lays it down right there. He's like, you know, the foot are our allies, and now these mob bosses are after Casey, and they're after the foot, so I'm going to take out these mob guys, you know. So you can see the road. We know, because this is like, you know, we already know that he ends up like the new Shredder. But uh, you can see the ground being laid right there in that sequence for Raph to step up and take the reins as the new Shredder. So for me... Just personally, I was super pleased. I think it's picking up fantastic. So, yeah, I'm I'm really like. Whereas I was kind of like only in it initially for the turtle stuff. Yep. Like this whole mob boss. I I know. I don't know why I didn't give a shit about the mob boss thing the first time. Well, like I mean, it is still a continuation of that story. Basically, this right. is retaliation for for uh, Mikey rescuing Shadow. Right. I'm just saying, like, when I first saw the mob stuff, it was, like, the thing I cared least about in the whole right. series. Because, I mean, they're just normal mobsters, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just don't... They don't even have uh, powered armory or anything. Like, like you look at the dudes. Like, we've had Komodo. Yeah. And we've had Rayburn Death Watch. And we've had uh, The Foot. And we've had, like, you know, cyborgs and shit that were working with The Foot. And so, like, we had so many cool guys, and then here comes just these regular-ass mobsters. Mm-hmm. And they want to, like, kidnap Shadow, who, to me, is new, and so I don't really yeah. care about Shadow. Not her at all, yeah. Yeah, I just don't give a shit about Shadow. Like, I didn't even know who the hell she was. Yeah. But knowing that, like, it's going to be, like, mobsters versus ninjas, and they, like, pressure Raph into becoming Shredder, and stuff, it's, I don't know, for some reason, it's working for me. So I'm kind of cool. I'm kind of on board with this. So, yeah, I'm cool with this. Yeah. This was, for me, like, this was a high-scoring issue. I give it, like, an 8.5 out of 10. I, I do get the sense that the crossovers are going to taper off now, and it's going to be primarily a turtle story going forward. Yeah. But uh, I'm still on board, you know, yep. to the end, at least. We'll see where it goes. Yep. Friends sure, to the uh, end. Yeah. <laughs> so, now I'm pleased, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm like, like I said, I went from, like, sort of, like, just reading it for the dragon shit to, like, yeah. I'm feeling it, so. Zach, Zach, you still awake? I? <laughs> yeah. I'm really enjoying listening to I've not been keeping up with the, um, the image reprints of, uh, uh well, the IW reprints of the image run. Um, I'm told it's really good. I love Gary Carlson, so I'm probably going to pick up the trades. It's just money being a bit skint at the moment. Well, I'll it's, tell you what. It's, I was shocked. IDW is notorious for, like, really short, very expensive trades where, like, they collect, like, four issues uh, for, like, 20 bucks. Apparently, the, the the Urban Legends trade is a 12-issue chunker. Oof. So it's a good value once you get your hands on it. Yeah, that's going on the Christmas list. And I guess, yeah, if they're going to add, like, three more to the end, I think there'll be three volumes of that, and that'll be everything. Nice. Which is cool, because, like, back when they were reprinting the Archie Ninja Turtles, I was really interested in those, but there were just four issues, and a volume was just crap. Yeah, that's taking the piss. That's awful, dude. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for this uh, episode of the Savage Fincast. Uh, Any other thoughts, guys? Savage Dragon 246. All right. (laughs) 
Ah, solicitations. But so long. Return of the Scourge. Malcolm Dragon's deadliest foe returns, more powerful than ever. Another outstanding achievement from award-winning writer-artist Eric Larson. And okay, we have so a great cover of the Scourge. So it's Scourge next, and then it's King uh, Demonoid King. Yeah, and the slate says September 18th, 2019. So I will believe that when I see that. I will believe it when I see it as well, but we can be hopeful, guys. Be hopeful. Be hopeful, not hateful. So, yeah. Here's here's hoping. But think about it. If 246 hits in September, 247, 248, 249, we could have 250 by New Year's. Oof. I uh, have my doubts. All right. We'll see where we're at. Trying to stay optimistic. Come December. (laughs) Trying to stay optimistic, but... You Ebenezer Scourge. Whatever. I'm hopeful. Yeah, hell of a celebration. I'm cool with it. 2020, $250. will be cool because I mean, I'll be reading for 50 issues. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Zach. Well, welcome back, Zach. Good to have yes, you on. Good to have, have you on, Zach. I know it's been a long Thanks time. It's just it's tough to coordinate because now it's what? 2 a.m., 3 a.m.? Ten past three. Oof. <laughs> Let's wrap this up then. Uh, thank, uh, it's a good job I'm a night owl. Mm-hmm. A night owl as opposed to a day owl. What the fuck am I about? <laughs> Early birds. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you can always email us comments, questions, suggestions at savagefincast at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, savagefincast.com. We can find all of our episodes. You can also find us on the iTunes uh, podcast. You can find us on... Uh, um, Google, Twitter, Google, Google Music Podcasts. Uh, we're on Twitter, Savage uh, at Savage Fincast. I think. Um, Just look at SavageDragon.com will lead you to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So SavageDragon.com, and then just start a looking. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and uh, next time, I'm trying to think, we'll probably be doing retro review next time. Hopefully, it's WildStar Part One. Ooh, and two. Uh, if we can get some time in to record, we're a little behind. It's not uh, your face just because it's been living on your face. 